This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast show. It's something for the weekend time. Joining me to discuss the upcoming clash is the return of the Clarets, Burnley, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Have you been to a wedding? Did you get married? Was that you? I didn't. I was the best man. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride, as they uh, say. Did you wear a dress? Did you wear a dress? Uh, no, I, I wore tails and a bow tie. Oh, that's, those traditions are still in, are they? Some sometimes, but it was yeah, nice. I kind of nice prefer. It. I don't like it when I see pictures of. Uh, I have to be careful what I'm saying here because it might be somebody who listens to this show <laughs> <laughs> when they're wearing white trainers. Who was that? Oh no, I, somebody doesn't listen to the show. That's all right. <laughs> like all the groomsmen, everybody wearing white trainers. It's like, come on, come on, effort, people. All right. Speaking of effort, no Emery press conference so far. It's so lazy. They've they've had to like release that third kit just as some distraction tactic. <laughs> And it's not a very good kit at that. Keep them occupied. He still hasn't got out of bed yet after uh, being at Bodymore until midnight last night. <laughs> right, coming up in the show, we will have a look at Burnley, what we know of them. Not a lot <laughs> from their uh, one game so far. But is the revolution's happening under Vincent Company? Is it a phony one, though? Or is he the Messiah-elect? Is he the new Pep? We shall see. First of all, we are pleased to announce that this season of Something for the Weekend on the My Old Man Said podcast is brought to you by Green King Sports, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Villa fixture over the 23-24 season. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter whether you're based in Birmingham or Brighton, you can catch every single minute of the action. Keep an eye out during this season for events, offers, content and competitions that put you closer to the action. I used to watch Villa in Brighton at the pub, so it's true. (laughs) Right, this isn't the normal show. This is the one where we catch up on what's been happening and focus on the game ahead. What's been happening is we've actually sold a player to our forthcoming opposition, Aaron Ramsey. It's 14 million. Apparently so, yeah. I'd, I'd say that's a good deal for all parties, potentially. He hasn't played for Villa first team, has he? Well, he hasn't started. No. He obviously had a good little run, didn't he, at Borough last year, but uh, he hasn't kicked a ball in anger in the Premier League. Yeah, I think that under-21's England Euros win has... Uh, done as well here because obviously Chuck Moeka went for 20 mil 
Aaron Ramsey 14 and potentially Archer for 18 that has been muted uh, as we record this that hasn't been locked down so I think certainly I mean you, when you look at how much uh, our youth players have been selling before and I'm talking to ones that not like you know Grealish obviously played and established himself at Villa but before that they, they're kind of being uh almost like dropped off the back of a lorry to like lower league teams, aren't they? But that that Euro certainly, we've jumped on the back of that. And granted, these guys have done well in the championship on their loan. So obviously there is potential there. But if you haven't seen it in your own shirt, then you don't really lose anything. And if you get a sizable amount of money, which helps with the here and there and the financial fair play, you've got to take it. There's no sentiment in this game. Yeah, I'd I'd guess you know, sort of executive level. They look at it as a no-brainer. Yeah, 100%. Especially in an area where, obviously without the, you know, the Buendia injury, but we're actually fairly well stocked for attacking midfielders. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they work in buyback clauses, but uh, I'll be very, very surprised if you see any of those three players again. The buyback clause, as I joked, not joked on Twitter, It's a lot of it's to appease fans and those that get sent sentimental uh, about youth players but you know you just mentioned Grealish there and like Barry Gareth Barry you know the ones that are doing it at the age of 20 19 21 because they're playing in your squad they're in your match day squad already if they're not there already then and you can get 10 to 20 million for them sell them you have to 100 I mean you got Duran who's 19 and he you know he scored and he's He's going to make an impact, isn't he? So that's I mean, that, he's, that could prove it's, to it's be happening. A, yeah. yeah, that that little you know the fourth goal at Everton, as much as it means very little in the context of the game or anything else, could actually be a real sliding doors moment for both players. Yeah. Oh, for him and Archer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Duran, you think right? Go on, push on, because you'd think he'll feature again. You know, he came off the bench, didn't he, at Easter Road? He will feature in the second leg. I wouldn't even be surprised if he starts. He will. You think? Well, actually, he's a useful tool for what we need in terms of a different type of striker Archie like when you've kind of got lots of small nippy forward players yeah I'm just looking at transfer mark now just as a loose guide and you've got Aaron Ramsey in there for 16.45 million that's euros so you know roughly 14 million uh, pounds and you look at his market value and it says five five million euros so uh, good <laughs> deal all around there if, if that is the the bible on transfer fees right moving on doesn't think really Emery's got to say. He'd probably talk about the Hibs game and how we respected the opposition. I mean, we didn't get out of second gear. That's how we re- respected yeah, we, the opposition. We really, and it could have been an absolute, you know, 5-0 doesn't particularly flatter Villa and it frankly could have been more. Yeah, but they didn't even need to step up the pace there because, you know, that would have been, that would have turned nasty. Looking at the results, I mean, we'll talk about it more on the Europa Visions show, but I think, and I think I mentioned it on the last Europa Visions tour, I think Villa's main threat is the Turkish teams. Yes. Beyond, beyond yeah. that, I mean, Florentina lost, Osasuna lost, they're going to, you know, have to pull a finger out to get through to the group stages. Yeah. And Frankfurt have got work to do. Yep, they uh, drew the top seeds. away from home in Bulgaria. So we're in it to win it. As I've said from the start, as I said when we qualified at the end of the season against Brighton, in it to win it. But you look at you know Besiktas, Fenerbahce, and their teams. You've got plenty of Champions League experience, yeah. and they're so used to playing in Europe. Those are the ones that uh, are the threat, one hundred percent. Yeah, they got the, they bring it as well. They bring the passion. They they'll have the belief. Yeah, they'll, very they'll very be, difficult place to go away from home, Turkey. Bang bang up for it. I still think they should give the Euros just to Turkey. None of the sharing with Italy. Turkey deserves to. I mean, they're 
passion and the football culture, they deserve just to host the whole thing and it'd be a great tournament to go. And it's a big enough country to. Before we get into Burnley, uh, Villa's injury news. Bailey was fine. Thank God for that. Coutinho out for a few weeks. That'll be the other end of uh, the international break, won't it? Probably well, you'd think we'd probably have a few back actually there. It might be that we know sort of have Moreno back by then as well and Ramsey fairly close, good to go as well. I think it's almost like a stock phrase cliche uh, with Coutinho. It's like, oh, good job there's an international break. <laughs> 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 so I must have said that about two or three times now. Well, at least uh, with the international break, he's not. You know, we're not losing that many games. Uh, he seems to get always get injured before the international break. It's a shame because you know you'd have thought he would have featured in the certainly in the Hib second leg. He'd have, he'd have probably he'd have enjoyed himself, wouldn't he, in that game? It would have been a perfect game. I think he would have rolled back the years. He'd have scored a hat trick alongside Watkins. Jobs the good. And it, and it being the thirty first of August, just in time for his loan move to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although he's, he potentially could play now for Turkey in the cup if he uh, if he goes to one of those two teams but i don't think anybody will sign him now is no there chance no but chance. we need we kind of need him but we need him to get up to speed and this is yeah. what games against hibs yeah. for example are all about and if you're not fit for it then he, he could really quickly become superfluous apart from that we are now obviously strengthened with our new italian friend zaninola you think he'll be in the squad if not in the team Oh yeah, Burnley, he'll be involved in it. He and he didn't play against Hibs because of uh, earlier Champions League appearance in the qualifiers for uh, Galatasaray. But he'll be okay for the group stages. He was registered. He is registered in the squad. But yep. uh, September the fourth is the registration for the group stages. So keep your eyes out for that. Right in terms of Burnley, this is an interesting one because they got relegated. And they did exactly what we we had hoped Villa would do, and that's storm straight back up and win the league, you know, crush everybody, win the league, first time of asking. Villa have never been able to do that in recent history. I mean, under Graham Taylor, we did at, at least come back uh, the next year, but that was a bit of a struggle, and we needed a result on the last day. We needed a point at Swindon. Yeah, Swindon won it. Was it nil-nil? We kind of yeah. lim- limped over the line. And then the most recent one, you know, took us three seasons, potential administration, Chinese circus. You name it. You name it. It was all there, and uh, here we are. But Burnley... Even though there's just that one-year trans- transition, they've had a f- literally have had a face transplant, haven't they? <laughs> In terms of like playing style and the the overall sort of feel of the club, yeah, they're not like nitty gritty Burnley anymore. They've kind of got they're a little bit more slick and they've gone from Deitch pragmatic. I mean, good enough to get into Europe. Let's not. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Not forget, and now you've got Vincent Company in there, and then you've got all these lazy, lazy articles from the Athletic. They, I mean, they did the big one earlier in the year where they're trying to compare him as the second coming of Pep Guardiola and comparing all the stats of Manchester City to Burnley. And it's like, well, the reason why they're kind of similar is both teams are dominating their division. It's uh, doesn't really tell you much beyond that. Well, it's very easy to impose a playing style when you're sort of top of the league. And in the championship where you're pretty much playing teams that a lot of them are fairly pragmatic in their approach just due to their resources. Uh, I mean, you look at the the squad and in terms of market value of the squad to give you an idea of where they are. And again, using uh, Transfermarkt, which is, you know, it's only a rough guide. 
it's it's like educated guesses, isn't it, of the the value of players? I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. them are informed by their fees, so that that is fair enough. But you're looking at a team that with a squad value of two hundred nine point five five million euros. It's the third lowest, so the only two teams that are lower are Sheffield United and Luton. So it's as you would expect the the teams coming up from the Championship. I mean, their two two oh nine million is you know over twice that of Sheffield United and Luton, and that's more down to the fact that those two haven't really spent. I mean, you just look at what Luton are doing; they're scratching around all kinds of freebies. When Sheffield so. United have sold, haven't they? Yes, they've sold Sanderberg to Burnley. Yeah, so you've strengthened on your rivals. But when you look at uh, what Burnley have been spending, I mean, the reason why they're twice as much as uh, Sheffield United and Luton is because they've spent pretty much half of the value of the uh, the market value. They've uh, a sum of uh, 111 million on transfers. They got Trafford in from Manchester City, which was an advance buy. And again, the Euros, I mean, they were lucky to get it in before the Euros because I think... His fee would have gone up, you'd have thought. As the Villa boys that we've been talking yeah. about, so the fee probably would have been going up. And, you know, they got him for 17.3 million euros. It feels like Brexit never happened. I'm, I'm talking in euros. Yeah. <laughs> Sanderberg, that was around just over 10, wasn't it? Around 10 million pounds? Yeah, 10, 11 million, which is a straight. I mean, it shows the, the state of Sheffield United's finances if they're having to sell one of their established players. But their main purchase was the young centre forward from Basel. Yeah, is it Am Amduni? Yeah, Zeki Amduni. Yeah, he was just above. It's around the fifteen million mark. And then after Trafford, it's Aaron Ramsey's their third biggest. They got a centre back, uh, Jordan Bayer from uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. And West Brom got pillaged by another team in Claret and Blue. They sold Dara Roche, didn't they, for sort of six million? One of their better. Better centre backs, but the striking thing is what company's doing here is you look at the average age of what he's been bringing in, and it's twenty three point one years old. Yeah, he's building a team. I mean, there you know, few experienced heads in there. You know, Nathan Redman. Who's, I think that's a savvy little move that one getting him back from. He's in Turkey, wasn't he? But yeah, test, and, a good and move. I think Redman's a talented player. Yeah, yeah. But this isn't a Burnley team for the now. This is the Burnley team for the next five years. Some of these, uh, there's a lot of 20-year-olds here. So they've obviously highlighted what they're doing here. They're, they've picked up the Paul Lambert, young, Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Young, uh, keen. <laughs> but admittedly, they're spending uh, a bit more money, I think, above uh, inflation as well. Above Bakuna inflation, but I wonder with them if it's a thing of you know we want to build a young a young side of guys who we, we think can push on and if they can keep us in the Premier League, great. But if not, they're all guys we'd be very confident of building a really good side to get us back up potentially. Sort of they're covering their bases basically for both both scenarios. Yeah, and to be honest, I think companies he would be confident in staying up because there's a lot of dog teams in this division and a lot of teams who aren't they haven't been. You know, look at like Wolves and Everton, they can't. Have, do what Burnley have done in in the market, can they? No, you know they're fucked. You know Wolves are just having a fire sale. Everton, you know, we all saw the game last week. They were in a sorry state. Yeah. So if your company, you've, you've already named two teams there. You throw in Sheffield United, Luton as teams that you would hope to finish above. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. And so they're in a, you know, and, and to be honest, I mean, we've only got one game of how they're shaping up in the Premier League. And you can't really judge anybody on Man City in your, in your opening game of the season. You know, you've, you... But I, I'd expect them. I mean, they, they started uh, like a 5-4-1 which is obviously very defensive, but they don't normally play like that, or didn't certainly didn't no, massively in the championship. I would expect them to line up against Villa like that. I think they're going to be they're going to be showing Villa a bit of respect. You would think. I would, would expect think. a pretty similar formation that they did to Manchester City. It's almost like a dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. What I'm hoping is they don't do what we did in terms of get beat heavily on the first day and then really turn it around in the first home game. Yeah. <laughs> but we shall see. The interesting thing with Burnley, of course, is the company had them back really early, didn't they? they were, I think it was at the 6th of June they were back. It was four weeks after they'd finished their season, and it was like the week after the Premier League had finished. Yeah, but we mentioned this in the yeah, three points on yeah, the main it was, show. it was a few weeks ago, and then they obviously, um, they kind of, they did like a sort of a split pre-season. I think it was like you know, a 10-day period, then they had another break, then they, then they went back. Didn't play a lot of games in pre-season. And of course, they haven't actually played a, a competitive game for 18 days going into this one. Because of the Luton situation, the Luton situation with their stadium, yeah. So you do wonder if they're. I'd rather, yeah, you know, you'd rather be Villa in this position where you've had a few games, you've, yeah, you've got the Newcastle game off your back, and your players are looking quite sharp in the last two games, albeit against not the strongest opposition, but they're still looking, you know, they're growing into patterns of play and stuff like that. Burnley haven't had that really. Yeah, and I mean, you, you, you know, you look at Burnley's uh, preseason fixtures, and you know, it's all about bedding down. A new players and and uh, their style because they're still you know evolving f- from a very different uh, way of playing within a sh- very short space of time. I mean that you know they beat Burton one nil, Sheffield Wednesday three nil, and then played European teams got beat by Ghent. They beat Benfica away from home two nil, and then drew against Real Betis. But apart from that mixed bag of results, the City game, which I've you know I've only seen like the highlights, uh, admittedly and extended highlights. And I thought they were reasonably good against City, but you can't really read into much when you play Manchester City because most teams play completely alien to how they normally shape up. But I think Villa are in a situation where there is a bit of fear factor playing Villa now because you know they're a competent team and you know what Emery's doing. So you're going to play a, a bit more conservative, a bit more closer to how you're going to play against Manchester City. But I wonder what company's doing in terms of setting traps. For example, if Villa keep that high line up there, I'd expect them to press. Surely Torres, they've got to be a bit more on, on the front foot than Everton were because Everton, I think they were because they were playing from home, they were defending a lot deeper. So the likes of uh, Torres had so much time to uh, play out the back. 
Yeah, I mean, you even saw in moments in the Hibs game when they, when when Hibs actually put Torres and Carlos under pressure, you kind of thought, well, this isn't a good side, but they're like, well, they're not infallible. Far from it, in fact. Um, and they're probably, you would think they'll be targeting Torres in the air. I'd, I'd expect Konza to come back into the middle and, and cash to play at fullback in this one, but you know things like set pieces, you know throw-ins, you know they'll they'll try and um, yeah. But you're talking about the old bit. Burnley there, but you're talking about the old Burnley. But is this team really cut out to do that? I think they'd have to a little bit because they're not going to be able to dominate possession. That's the way they play, didn't they? In the in the Championship, you know, if, if they're sort of trying to play out from the back, I think you're just playing into Villa's hands. Because this is, I mean, we mentioned this comparison between. Uh, how Burnley were operating in the championship and saying, oh yeah, it's the new, potentially the next uh, Manchester City are keeping an eye on old company because he might be the successor supreme to Pep. But there is a reality that you do need a top, top level of player to really play you know, that way. And, you know, look at Villa's squad now and look how they play. We've never been able to get anywhere close to how we're playing now. Yeah. And it's, and it's down to personnel. So and we, and we spent money. <laughs> yeah, we spent a shitload of money. I mean, they've still got, obviously, Veghorst went back there, didn't he, from Man U, and he's a big lad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, going back to what you said about uh, the throwings and set pieces. And that isn't me sort of referring to them as the old Burnley, but it's just... It's an option, isn't it? Yeah, I felt the same against Everton. Actually, Everton's best bet was getting Calvert-Lewin and those guys and Keane and Tarkowski and putting the guys at the back under pressure from set pieces and stuff, and that's a, a viable tactic. I mean, to be fair, at least, you know, with Veghurst, you've you've got a uh, an option to, like, mix it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a thing you don't just play one way. If you're going to be a good team, you've got to have a couple of looks and uh, different options. And, you know, when you're talking about strikers especially, uh, it's one thing Villa need. They just need a little bit more variety, I think, if you're trying one way and it doesn't work, just that other option. Which, which is why, as I said earlier, I think why having Duran hopefully progress a little bit this season gives you that, yeah. gives you a slightly different way you can play, just because he's got that sort of physicality and directness. Yeah. But yeah, Burnley is still very much a work in progress because they can't do what they did in the Championship in the Premier League, i.e. dominate. In some ways, it's similar to the, the kind of Villa thing, what they're doing uh, in terms of the centre-back for becoming the three. Well, they split they split the centre-backs in possession, so they do play out from the back similarly to Villa. The number, no, One of the two sixes, the, the deeper line guys will step in, almost as like a an extra centre-back or he'll take the ball off the goalkeeper or the two centre-backs, the wing-backs will go right out wide. But you've got to be really well drilled to do that because if you get caught, teams are going to pull you apart, of which, you know, Villa are very capable of doing that. And I think if you, if you're, I said it so many times last year, I know you got bored of me saying it, but if you, if you open the game up too much against Villa, you're just leaving yourselves open to being battered. Hibs learned that the hard way, didn't they? They gave Dinya the, all the space in the world. And he's just, he's still an international fullback. He's whipped in three really good balls, three really good goals. You've got there's a little bit of pragmatism sometimes, knowing that you can hurt you. You pick you, you pick your moment when to go, knowing that well, if we when we go, we've got to hurt them. I mean, to be fair to Burnley, that that Luton postponement uh, didn't do them any favours because suddenly their no. first two games are against two teams that have obviously yeah. qualified for Europe and yeah, two I of the agree. better, you know, well, basically the two best teams of the calendar year in the Premier League. Yeah, because I'd, I'd have thought Burnley would have fancied their chances of, of getting something even at Luton. Yeah, you know, it'd be a big, be a big game for both, but one that Burnley would say actually, do you know, we're fairly well set up to go and get something here. So from that point of view, it is a good time to play them. you got that 18 days, but also they haven't had a confidence boost of getting anything from that Luton game. So with that said, 
again, it's a difficult one to uh, analyze because you haven't seen that much of them. So with that said, uh, Mom's pool panel result. I'm going to go for a slightly scrappy away win. I'm going away win. No mention of scrappiness. (laughs) I think there's levels to this, and I think Villa are a level which will become apparent in this game, hopefully. I hope so. I mean, you don't want to give it the kiss of death, but I think actually under Emery, we've been fairly good, I'm haven't we? the big up, not the kiss of death. No, but in terms of, I think we've been fairly good at getting results in the games you'd expect to win, unlike a lot of other managers where we'd really struggle in these games against newly promoted sides, especially away from home. I would, I would use clinical more for Emery. Yeah, yeah. There's a way of going about the business, which we saw against Hibs, that Hibernian game go back a few years would have been a more of a live contest but we just went there and just just took their heart out and uh, st- stamped on it <laughs> oh, well, of course it means you can yeah, you can go into the villa park game next week with the tie all but done well you're resting up for liverpool essentially yeah so in terms of the plan that's why they went strong is get it get it done that's cup football isn't it especially you're going legs. away to burnley which we're still early doors in the season, so it's not as if you need to rest players for uh, the game against Burnley. But you'd probably want your players a bit fresher for the Liverpool game, so get it out of the way, sort it out, and then you can try a few little things out, try a few players out for the Hibs uh, home game and uh, be fully focused on Liverpool, even though you're playing Hibs still. And, you know, he'll say in the, his press conference that he's respecting Hibs for the uh, the Villa Park game. But what he's really doing is planning for Liverpool. <laughs> let's, let's not beat around. I mean, the it rush. could be that it could be that both teams rest people. It might be the Hibs go well. We've, we've lost the tie. We need to look and call, you know. Oh yeah, they of... will. They will. They've, what else can they do? They can just try give people uh, big game experience. But anyway, back to uh, Burnley. The only question mark actually for me going to Burnley is if obviously you know, Martinez went off at half time at Easter Road with a little calf. It looked like a calf twinge from the look of his big ice pack he had on it. If Villa. Yeah, you know, if he definitely plays at, at Burnley. Please do follow the My Old Man Said podcast on social media at My Old Man Said on all social media. And also don't forget to follow the show on whatever podcast app that you use. Uh, especially uh, it helps for like the, the floating show Europa Visions, which is all hopefully it's going to run to the end of the season because it will run as long as Villa stay in the Europa Conference League. So to get notifications of when that show pops out, then it will help if you do follow the show on whatever app you listen to. And don't forget, also, if you want ad-free shows and extra shows and access to Match Club, our inner community, then do become a My Mensa member. Go to myallmensa.com and click on the membership link there. Doing a little refresh of the website, so you may notice uh, a few little changes there as well while you're there. Right, first outing for the away kit, is it? You would think so, yep. Obviously it's claret, claret and blue. Can it be three points out of three? Three points out of three? In the white shirt. Oh yeah, good point. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.